praise God. We have the, the blessing and the privilege of having a friend of ours. We've known, as a leadership, we've known Pastor Dave and his wife, Marion, for many years. And he's very loved here. And uh, I know that those who have heard him and those who receive from his encouraging ministry, you're about to get encouraged. You're about to get encouraged because that's what he does. He just encourages you with your faith and your, uh, the love of Jesus, really. And he really is a blessing to us as a leadership. So we're so thankful that you came on a very cold day yesterday and you came uh, to, to minister to us God's word. So welcome. Let's welcome Pastor Dave. What an amazing time of worship. And while we were worshipping, uh, when I'm at home at our own church, I'm focusing on so many other things, making sure it goes right. But I love coming here to spend time in the atmosphere of God's presence. And for those of you on the worship team, I know it's not just coming and standing up. It's a life thing you live before God. It's a holiness thing. I felt God say there's a river whose streams make glad. Uh, uh, the river of God. I couldn't find the scripture when I was looking at it, but it's like that flow of freshness from heaven through the worship is a treasured thing and be encouraged with that. And there's a culture of worship here that goes back many, many years. Uh, I don't want to embarrass anyone, but from the faith camps and all the rest of it, but there's an anointing that's clean in the spirit. I love walking around Watersmeet uh, in uh, Lynmouth. And, and this time of year, I was there a few weeks ago, the freshness and the force coming down and there is something that happens in the spiritual realm here we're not I know we know we're not singing songs just singing songs but there's just something in the atmosphere that's just easy to glide on so be encouraged because the enemy doesn't like it but we don't care what he doesn't like but realize what is coming forth every time you guys stand up and press into God it's awesome what I want to say is great being here Returned love to Pastor Judith, Pastor Andrew, you guys. And God is so good, and I really honor you guys. And uh, again, a massive thank you for uh, the things you don't see that happen through the year that come from here to enable me to be doing uh, in Kenilworth. And for the love of uh, uh, your pastors here, we really appreciate it. I honor you guys today. And I've been so looking forward to coming. And God's got a goal for us to hit today. And if we hit it, you're going to have a happier Christmas than you otherwise would have had. Hallelujah. Santa Claus is coming to town. But more important, Jesus came way before him. And uh, uh, we're, we're going to have a good time today. And again, thank you to all of you. I just felt, again, to honor you guys who, for this to happen for me to stand here, Pastor Judith, anybody else who, who turned the lights on, yes, came and unlocked, cleaned, doing the words, all the other things, they're, they're precious to God. They're really, really precious to God. And we have an enemy that wants to undermine how precious we are to God. And he'll never tell you how important the small things we do are, the words of kindness, the words of love. I feel a song coming on. Hey, since I saw you last, I went to the Gordon Ramsay Academy in, uh, is it Woking? Somewhere like that. And I learned how to make a beef wellington. <laughs> but it was hilarious. 
Because we all have anointing on our lives and just like with Pastor Judith and Andrew and the culture you have here, we have faith breakthrough anointing. We carry that spirit of faith. Nothing is too difficult. We will overcome. And the problem is, is when you apply that to some everyday life things like going to Gordon Ramsay's Academy and now I'm going to have the best beef Wellington and all the rest of it. And I find in my life that on that gifting of the anointing of breakthrough, it can get me into trouble when I don't use it wisely. Just doesn't need to happen. And then uh, just see situations at the Gordon Ramsay Academy, part of making this beef Wellington is you make these pancakes. Now they use an advert here, hex-clad cookware, and I've since got one. It's really good pans, recommended by Gordon Ramsay. So I'm standing there, and you have these workstations like you have on um, MasterChef. So I'm on my workstation there, and then you have this couple that are there, and you have all these people around their workstations, and we're doing the pancake bit. We're doing, and uh, by the way, I went to it to learn to relax. <laughs> I'm going to switch off from ministry. So I'm standing there in pancake mode. Come on, come on. And it's coming on. But the guy next to me with his wife, he's there and he's saying, love, it's not cooking evenly. Ministry mode, power mode. What you ought to do, I mean, what you ought to do is put it evenly on the plate and then it'll cook evenly. And as I was saying it, I thought, Dave, shut up, shut up. You don't need to overcome here. And now you don't need to start leading other people. I mean, considering the main chef was ran the Savoy restaurant, the Ramsey thing over there. He was there. No, he, he didn't, we didn't need him. He needed me, overcomer. And he kind of looked and carried on and didn't do what I suggested. Then the Savoy chef came over. And the guy said, it's not cooking evenly. He said, well, if you move it into the centre of a thing there and all the rest of it. And I nearly came out with a Carrie Underwood. Told you so. I told you so. <laughs> overcome and, and but with that personality thing it's so easy for me to want to conquer and overcome in everything and it's right to do that in the heavenly realm but there's something in the bible that tells us and this morning what I'm going to share with you will bring healing into many relationships if we can learn to do this together if we can learn to see this in our lives and the strength and power of it. God will help you and you'll see some people saved in your family that you and in the workplace you wouldn't have otherwise seen unless we started to operate in this understanding of what it's like to have that anointing, but how to let the anointing flow to its maximum effect. But before I do that, can we pull up that word that I asked you to pull up? Brilliant. Cling film. It's in Genesis. One of the things that makes me sad in the kitchen, I can never find the end of the cling film. And even when you do, the serrated edge has normally fallen off the box. And I always think, I must go to the cling film factory and show them how to make <laughs> serrated edges that don't fall off and then by the time you've kind of done it 
it's all torn and ripped and it's not going to go over your whatever you tore it off to go over. Anyone else have that problem? Come on, church. Come on. Anyway, God's amazing. This has kind of brought sadness in my heart for many years. And at the Gordon Ramsay Academy, one of the things you have to do is when you're like, you have to wrap the beef up and in cling film, do all this, that, and the other, oh, cling film. But I looked up and I saw before me the rap master, 4,500 cling film dispenser. I thought, Lord, you are so good. And it doesn't just do three meters, it does 30 meters. I could wrap my house in it. And what you do is you lift the lid and you grip it both sides. You've got your plate underneath, whatever you're doing, you do that. And then you just shut the lid and it cuts it bang on straight and the straight floats down to the back of the plate. I'm in heaven. And all you have to, I've had perfect cling film wrapping since June. The Wrap Master 4,500, I said to Mary, we're having one of those. We now have 75% less worktop space, but all of my cling filming on the Wrap Master 4,500 is absolutely glorious. And if you want to know, you can put tin foil in it as well, or you can put baking sheet. But if you are stuck to know, what to get someone for Christmas. Isn't God good? Well, it's been great being with you. <laughs> Hallelujah. God cares, doesn't he? Just cut so straight. I'm so happy. This thing God wants to talk to us about today is so strong, so powerful, as I say, for me with this kind of unrighteousness and stuff that goes on the more you meet with God the more you really hate that which isn't true or false or the world systems of cover-up and lack of integrity and all sorts and for me I find some of those things difficult to deal with and just life the more you learn how to be a born-again spirit-filled believer it can seem oppressive when in the world we see what we are, uh, what these things are and how we need to be. And nowadays we're seeing a bigger and bigger gap between that which is of him. Scripture says this will happen and that which isn't. Isaiah 5 says, in these days people will say what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong. All of that going on, but we've got to navigate that somehow. And one of the things that the enemy wants to do is to let us think how he thinks and to take offense and to build up barriers in family life where people are a certain way or the awkward person in the workplace because if he can build the barrier he shuts off that flow of possibility to salvation and redemption and I'm in faith and I'm an overcomer and you need to repent and give your life to Jesus and there's truth in that but the scripture also says that it's not just it's not knowing what to say, but it's how to say. And I want to share with you just for a little bit this morning. There's something in my life and your life. Good, the word cling film is gone. You're going to remember that now. 
evident to that person at the Gordon Ramsay Academy, evident to the person with the coffee pods, evident to people I meet every day, that something God says in our lives is to be evident. And for me, I would think, well, if you, the, my, the victory in God, my overcoming, powering, oh, I want certain things to be evident. I never give up. But it's interesting in Scripture that the thing that I'm told to be evident to all is gentleness. Now that does me in. Have you ever shaken hands with someone with a limp hand that's damp? To me, that's gentleness. It's nice to meet you. No, nice to meet you. So gentleness is something I started to look at. And as a church, we started to look at and we started to see some great testimonies as we've unpacked. It says in scripture that something on my life that's to be evident to you is gentleness. Well, what on earth does that look like? Because that's an important question because if the scripture says in Philippians 4 and verse 5, let my gentleness be evident to all, I need to take notice of that. And as my, I love this next bit on that, that it says on the word, because it says, the Lord is near. I cannot be gentle unless I'm secure in the Lord's nearness and in this to me. In other words, aggressiveness comes from insecurity and making my point comes from insecurity and having to be right comes from insecurity. But gentleness is only possible if I'm secure that God is for me and backing me. If I know that the outcome is with him, I can be gentle. Now, this is interesting because there's another scripture uh, in uh, 11, Matthew eleven twenty nine, And it says here in uh, 28, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, that's an interesting scripture as well because... Basically, that if you do a Google search, what does that mean? It goes on about not striving to please God, um, living in the freedom that you have, not trying to please him by works, not trying to observe legalistic stuff. It'll talk about that, but it doesn't mention the next bit where he says the reason you can do this is because I'm gentle and humble in heart. Now, how we skim over that, but I was thinking... Why have you said that there, Jesus, that I can come and get rest from you? And the reason I can is because you're gentle and humble in heart. Well, there's a few reasons, but one is that Jesus was secure in the Father's love for him. And before he'd even done anything in ministry, when he'd been baptized, he said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. God is pleased with you by virtue of the fact you're his child, not for anything you do. Everything we do has to come out of that place of security so we can be gentle because we are secure in the fact we're adopted into his family, chosen and made children of the Most High God. 
And that for me is brilliant because it wipes out anything of my upbringing, any abuse, anything else from my past. I'm now born with a golden spoon in my mouth because I'm a child of God. Therefore, I don't need to be angry or annoyed or prove a point because the only point that ever need proving was proved on the cross that Satan is defeated and I am now adopted into the family of God. Therefore, as a Christian, I've got nothing to prove. It was proven 2,000 years ago. And therefore, I love this scripture here in Matthew because it's actually saying the reason I can come burdened and heavy laden and hand it all over to him is because when I come, I don't come to an aggressive, rejecting God. I come to one who is gentle and I can freely approach and lowly, or you can put the word there, humble in heart. Isn't that amazing? We can come to God who that gentleness, that gentle nature gives room for us to approach him and come into his presence without fear. Happy Christmas. Now, it's interesting because if you think, well, he wasn't very gentle when he turned over the tables. Well, he wasn't very gentle when he did that, this, that or the other. If you actually, again, do a bit of research in that, you can word it, he has, a, he has authority, but he knew how to control it and when to exercise it. So we don't go around exercising authority that we need to exercise in the heavenly realm to pull principalities and powers and put things in place and come against the works of the enemy and release forth the power of God as we're praying, interceding, speaking, healing, whatever else. The man cooking the pancake in the wrong place doesn't need me to be an overcomer next to him in that particular place. The person at work that everyone else is rejecting because they're behaving in some way, the enemy wants to shut down a route for you to get into their lives by taking a stance that closes the door for any redemption to come through. I had a testimony from someone in our church recently since we've been looking at this and there's a particular person at work and they said they were always stirring trouble, causing problems, this, that and the other. And most people just rejected them and written them off. And this person said, I was praying for them as I was driving to work and God told me to love them in a certain way. Just say a few kind words on the way in. They did that. This has gone on for about two years. Then the other day, at the end of the day, this person looked upset. She's normally hard-faced and really tough to deal with. And so the person from our church said, are you okay? But with the love and gentleness of Jesus. And she broke down. First time she'd showed any emotion in years. And she broke down and behind her aggressiveness was pain and broken. And everyone else around her was adding to that because of the way she was behaving. The gentle believer goes in. She's heard God and the door hasn't been closed. Gentleness and love come forth. 
brokenness comes and now opportunity is there for salvation. So gentleness is an incredibly powerful thing. It's a strategy from God. He doesn't say let your gentleness be evident to all because I want you to look like a real loser and wimp. Gentleness has the power to bring salvation forth. And gentleness enables you and I to come down off our high horse and to, or quad bike, whatever you ride, it enables us, I'd never want to ride a high horse or a short horse, <laughs> a little fat pony, I'm not into that, give me a bike anytime, it enables me to get off my Triumph 1200, shut down the engine and bring forth some gentleness that brings people into the safe zone of the love of Christ that operates outside of insecurity. And I, only, I can only do it knowing that even if it gets abused in some way, God will bless and God will redeem and God will give far more back to me because gentleness is the opposite to what's happening in the world at the moment. You've offended me. Well, you're stupid. If you think I'm strong enough and you allow me to offend you, you're saying I'm in control of your life. You can't offend me. Heckle, do what you want. You won't offend me. I'm securing God. And I'm not going to let other people in the world offend me. Because I'm then saying you have power to control my mood, my emotion. I'm giving you permission to wreck my day. So it, 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 it's, but the reason is, is I can be secure in God. And Pete, that same thing where Jesus said, um, come to me for I am gentle. You're an ambassador of Christ in the world and you need to have something about how you are as a person in that gentleness being evident to all. The people are safe around you because you're secure. You don't have an edge. Now let's, the thing the Lord, I believe, showed me to do with, in family life, and this is something I've grown in with relatives outside of family life and all the rest of it. You know, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Do you know that domestic abuse rises by quite a high percentage at Christmas? Why? Because families come together. Sounds crazy. Families, family things that have gone on for years, gone from one generation to another stances. That's just Uncle Sid. No one likes Uncle Sid. Has anyone got an uncle, Sid? Oh, bless you. <laughs> the one who is always the awkward one. No one likes him. But God has a heart for him to come through. And everyone's rejection hasn't worked. But the gentleness that shows to the love of God gives a possible door opening for him to come through and break. And you're the only one that carried that. And you could only carry it. Because even though he's insultive, and Uncle Sid's not the nicest of people to be around. You can't take offence at it because you're securing God's love. You're securing his presence. You can approach the one. He's awesome in glory, mighty in power. But the gentleness of his nature means I can come before him with confidence, knowing he's not about to beat me up and give me a mouthful. I'm secure so I can be gentle. Now let's look at a couple of things in here. Of, is this okay this morning? 
the, the, a couple of things here that gentleness can do. So uh, Proverbs 25, this is incredible. Proverbs 25, verse 15. Through patience a ruler can be persuaded and a gentle tongue can break a bone. Now, to me, breaking a bone would be getting my mallet out. My son's a tree surgeon, a chainsaw. I'm not saying I'd cut someone's leg off. But, I mean, he uses some pretty heavy stuff. If I had to break someone's bone, and I wouldn't, just looking at the camera. But if you were to go and break someone's bone, you need something pretty heavy to do it. But what Jesus says, what's being said here is that contention builds and builds and builds in situations and circumstances. We come along securing God. You can give a gentle answer. It leaves no one anywhere else to go with it. It will break the bone in that situation of contention. It will break the bone of animosity. It will break the bone of hatred. Because you're securing God is a powerful, powerful thing. This is why the scripture is saying, let your gentleness be evident to all because it leaves people with an agenda nowhere else to go. I've been practicing this. It's so funny. Well, I think it is. (laughs) Because I, I play games with it. Now, the other Monday, I had to go into the dry cleaners. And you'll think this is weird, but the reason I had to go was to send a parcel somewhere. And you may think, Pastor Dave, gently I'm going to ask you, why do you go to the dry cleaners to send a parcel? <laughs> well, it's because it was a UPS collection point. So I go in there, first thing Monday, chucking it with rain. There's a lady sitting two things back behind this massive iron thing, looking as miserable as hell. And I thought, I'm going to let gentleness win her over. First thing, I walk in. Her head's down. She's not going to acknowledge me. I mean, I'm just a customer. Won't keep you a minute. You remember Pastor Colin used to say, I have come to the right place, haven't I? Everything in me was felt like saying, I have come to the right place, haven't I? Hello, customer. Hello, pays your wages. Business keeps it going. Maybe a little bit of interest in a customer in your shop. I'm the only one. And the way you are, as miserable as anything, that out of hell, <clears throat> I'm telling you that I might be the last customer if you treat customers like this. You're going bust. That's what was in me, head. But in my spirit, I knew I'd been preaching on gentleness. Good morning. Won't be long. Ah, oh, don't rush. I've got all day. Just love being here. Isn't it wet out? <sighs> anyway, I gave my parcel because it was going abroad. In fact, the reason this parcel was going abroad, I like walking and I've got something called a hydro flask. Now, hydro flask is an expensive water bottle, but it, it also keeps things hot as well. So it's a hydro flask and there's a little symbol on it and the screw cap has a little thing on it and I don't mind paying extra for it because one of the things is that it screws perfectly shut 
for the loop to be totally lined up with the symbol. Not this hydroflask. It was really funny filling out the Amazon return form. He says, what's wrong with this? Right, why it's at fault? Lid doesn't line up with symbol. And the hilarious thing was, oh, that's fine. We accept your return. So anyway, it's with that hydroflask. And I don't know why hydroflask, this came all the way from America. I don't know why Amazon brought it from America, because I know you can get them in John Lewis. Nevertheless, Amazon did. And because it was going back to America, it needed a different label, some customs label that I hadn't put. She said, oh, I can't send that. Now, this is grumpy chops. I can't send that because you need to get the label, the other one. Now, I'm ready for a sermon here, Overcomer. Why doesn't it say on the instructions, phone up Amazon, in future, could you please make sure that you put your return requirements in full? No, I'm Mr. Gentle now. Don't worry, I'll sort it. And if it's all right with you, I'll come back later. I'll come back later. She's my best friend. How's your day going, I said. Wonderful, how's yours? Just so nice being back here in the warm with you. I said, that's some iron you've got there, isn't it? I said, does it work by steam? She said, oh yes, pipes go all the way upstairs and they go all the way around and come back down again. I said, I bet that makes your ironing easy. She said, yes, would you like to see the pipes? (laughs) No, I saw, I I mean, I've got time today, but she said, I'll tell you what, this iron's empty. Why don't you have a go and help me out? I'm thinking, I'd love to, but I'm so sorry. By the end of the time with her, I was laughing, being friendly. And I, her first response was probably because every other customer before had been in their world. But gentleness broke the bone of resistance and opened the door for friendship. Yes. And next time I go in and return another hydro flask, <laughs> I may have a chance to say something about Jesus. She won't forget me. (laughs) And through that work testimony, the hard person broke because somebody had dared to pray, having heard about gentleness, and said, I'm going to be the one that's not like everyone else. And then the pain came out, and there's an openness of, here's actually someone who cares for me. And what they're doing through that person is seeing the love of Christ. I really felt this morning, God, uh, it's going to be a few more minutes, but, but the God was saying there's some family members some of you have that you've maybe given up on. And it wasn't your fault. They've just been a pain in the butt. But God's saying gentleness is going to open up the door for reconciliation. That's going to open up the door for salvation. And that person you've been praying for to be saved, God's saying, I want to use you. But if you will let your gentleness be evident and be secure in my love. So it doesn't matter if you're rejected by them or anyone else, but you have my well done on your life. 
It releases you into the gentleness to break the bones of contentions, the trenches that have been dug, and those things dug in. I believe in the name of Jesus, you are going to see something powerful happen because of what the word of God says. Can you have faith for that for Uncle Sid? <laughs> can you, can, you know, but, you know, because we were trusting in the spirit here, aren't we? And I realize that having grown up with a number of insecurities that I have, a lot of my defensiveness or wall building is out of that insecurity to protect from harm again or abuse again. But when I come to Jesus, he washes all of that away. And there's the, uh, it, there's a psalm that says something like, you know, the Lord is my strength and my shield. What can man do to me? It doesn't mean people can't do stuff to you, but it means whatever happens, your greatest love of all and security. All right, Proverbs 15, verse 1. I mean, really, God, this is just to kind of enforce it. This is all right, isn't it? A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh anger, sorry, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And then in 1518, a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. People will throw things on you to press your button, pull your chain, whatever. But when you're securing God and you're conscious of these things, you can play the game to your advantage. And that gentleness that is evident, that gentleness that is evident will break the assignment and agenda of the enemy to keep that person from coming into the presence of God. It may take a few times, but it will work. Because everyone inside of them is looking for that love, peace and security and their behaviour is just based on a way of survival. But we have the power to overcome. And if God says to me, Dave, despite you, you can come to me because I'm gentle. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to duff. But through my blood, you're holy and blameless. But you're going to find acceptance and love with me. We are those vessels where people can find that. That's not opening yourself up. I'm sure you're taught in all of this to abuse. And, and, and you have to be careful with relationships. But even in a relationship that you need to avoid because it's a harmful relationship, you're not all done in with bitterness and all the rest of it. There's a gentle towards that okay I had to walk away from that I had to distance myself from that it was harmful I had to forgive that but there's no angst left in me and I'm in a way sad to say there's been some things in just through all the insecurities I grew up with but let's not look at the negative I'm seeing relationships turned around that I've struggled to know how to because of my own stuff through bringing this forth because I no longer have to take a position and any vulnerability that gentleness brings I have the security behind the vulnerability taking away the vulnerability because as my vulnerability is towards God does this make sense? <laughs> hallelujah funny preaching at church because Marion she's got this little red bible and when she's had enough she closes it and that's my cue to stop <laughs> can I have just five more minutes are we okay
What does 1533 say? The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom and humility comes before honour. These are powerful. They're all the things that in the world they do the opposite. But these are, if I can place myself, the honour comes from God because God honours those who serve him. But for the honour to flow forth towards me, there needs to be a humbling. And sometimes that humbling is before man without any return. But I've just done the right thing before God. See, if you live before God, it doesn't matter what you do before man in terms of if you don't get a return for your humility. I've had two things. One of them was years ago and I worked with somebody and it didn't work well. It's a spiritual situation. And they had done a lot of wrong. They were a Christian leader. And God said to me, I lived down in Sussex at the time and it was about an hour's drive. He said, I want you to go and apologise to that person for your attitude. I thought, what? And I'd been living with Pastor Colin and all the rest of it. So I knew about faith and overcoming and breaking through. And I knew they were wrong spiritually and they needed to get to this place in God and that. God said, not interested. I want you to apologise because your attitude, despite where they're at and despite their wrongness, your attitude needs some sorting. I nearly died. So I raced around the M25 at 170. No, I didn't. I drove sensibly like an advanced driver that had just completed his course. <laughs> and I went. And I said, so-and-so, I want to apologise. My attitude's been wrong towards you. And I was hoping they'd say, oh, that's all right. Mine's been wrong as well. Let's hug and forgive and be friends from now and evermore. No, he didn't. I always knew you'd find out you were wrong. <laughs> that teeth thing. I'm going to kill you. Gentleness. <laughs> so I'm glad you came. And yes, I forgive you. Of course I do. No, look, you know, we both could have done it better. And I drove away from there and the peace of God filled that car and my heart so much because I'd gone with gentleness and humility and I knew I'd pleased God. And his reaction would have nothing on me. Like water off a duck's back. A duck's like an oily back. It flows. The oil of the anointing of God the offence and the thing it didn't. Sometimes we need to expect less from God, from people and more from God. And then what you get from people is good, but don't hang your faith on people. People will always let you down at some point. I, I let myself down, let alone you. We will. We've, we've got our weaknesses, but God will never let you down. So you can be saying, that guy, there's another guy he was a minister in the local town. Did some real things against, honestly, just wasn't right in God. And one day God said to me, to keep your heart clean, you're going to have to go to him. Say, so, sorry that I've had a bad attitude. Exactly the same proudful response. And God showed me the reason the proud won't see their fault is because they're proud. And the reason they were prepared to dishonour God against me in the first place was because they were proud. They weren't soft to the spirit. Yeah. 
So why would they suddenly become soft to the spirit? Because I did that. The exercise in that was me keeping my heart right before God. And God says, well, I'll deal with, don't you worry about that anymore. It hasn't always been easy because the enemy will sometimes whisper, you were a loser in that. But that really does start to show if we're going to trust God with the outcome or ourselves. Is that helpful, guys? Uncle Sid's getting saved, isn't he, this year? (laughs) He's the one that lets the family down. But there's a reason for it. And primarily, he needs Jesus. God is good. And if he can just bring this revelation afresh into our hearts and lives. I'm going to do one more scripture in a a minute. Ah. Oh, these, I'm doing this today because these kill the flesh. They kill the flesh. It hurts as I read it. Because <laughs> I don't want to. I'd rather smash you in the face. But Proverbs 19.11. Now, hold on to your seat. Is it 19.11? Oh, a man's wisdom gives him patience. Give me patience, Lord, and hurry up. <laughs> and listen, this is worse. It's to his glory to overlook an offence. Wow, so good. So good. <laughs> you come and preach. <laughs> Tell him it's so good. <laughs> you come and preach. It's to my glory, but it's against every instinct But it's to my glory, so instinct needs to bow the knee for the glory of God to come forth. And I share these things, hopefully in an amusing way, but in a very real way, because I want you to realise you can't just be told to overlook an offence when everything in you is screaming out. It's okay for everything in you to scream out. That's just the flesh. I want vengeance. I want to make my point. You cut me up. I cut you up. You pulled out on me, therefore I'm going to just drive no more than... None of you would do this here, but in the Midlands, if someone pulls out on you, you drive just an inch away to make the point that you're not pleased that they pulled out on you. None of you would ever do that here, would you? Because you're all beautiful. It just happens north of Bristol. <laughs> and I, I, I speak these things when I'm driving. Things will happen to rob my peace. Things will happen on the way to church to upset me. Things will happen that in the natural I'd react to and God comes along and says this, Dave, he says, and then he waits for a minute so that he can find where in the Bible he said it. (laughs) He says... He says it's to your glory to overlook an offence. Talk about death. But it's where then the relationship with God grows. And, and, and that's, I mean, I, I know it's not easy. I know it takes working on, but it's worth it every time. Because what's at stake is the opportunity for the other person to come and know Jesus and he came to seek and save the lost and gentleness that can break a bone 
for us to be able to trust that God will see us right if we're prepared to humble ourselves and not get our own back or have to say the same thing. Similar to, isn't it, meekness isn't weakness. It's the same bag, isn't it? Now, the overcoming and the coming against in prayer and in the heavenly realm is a different issue. You're never meek before the enemy. You're never gentle before the enemy. You take authority in the name of Jesus. But as we saw right at the beginning, Jesus knew how to use those two aspects. That Sorry, I can't explain it very well, but those the different aspects of his nature being manifest into different things. The degree I use my authority in the wrong way, not deliberately, is to the degree I shut down relationship because people don't want to know I'm right. There has to be something that breaks in the power of the spirit, the wall of hostility, as scripture calls it, that, enla- that enables light to come forth, the entrance of his word bringing light through a vessel where because of humility and gentleness, the thing's torn down and it's broken the bone of separation and contention. Is that all right? Hallelujah. One more scripture. Then I'm done. Ah, no, I've done enough scripture. It was just in this whole thing as well where it says, and for this to happen, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And in humility, consider others better than yourself. That's another killer. This is like me feeling something. My flesh hates me today. Are you really going to go for God like that, Dave? Are you really going to let your gentleness be evident to all? Are you really going to count others better than yourself? I mean, looking at you, it's easy. You see, you thought... You thought that twisted. The, the person, it, that makes me realise the grace of God on me. It makes me realise if I've got to count others better than myself, I look for the good in others. It's not that discipleship doesn't need to happen or correction in the right times and that, but just in my heart, I try and look at the good and that gentleness breaks down things I've had some things happen in my church recently where what the person wanted to do was wrong but gentleness and graciousness indirectly but probably directly in God's purpose changed the heart of the person whereas pointing out where they were wrong wouldn't have done the same because the hardness of heart that caused that would have still been there amen We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.